This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, hey Marge, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Running a growing business means getting the insights you need wherever you are. With Shopify's single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ifanboy, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ifanboy now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ifanboy. Hey everybody, you're listening to another Akira edition of Booksplode on iFanboy. This is the podcast where we talk about one comic book for a long period of time. My name's Paul Montgomery, that over there is Scotty Young. Hello. Hello. And we're talking about volumes three and four of Akira by Katsuhiro Otomo. And previously, we talked about volumes one and two. So that's as far as we're going to talk about is up to volume four. So if you're reading along with us, we haven't read five and six. That'll be next month. So we won't be spoiling any of that. And it's been a while since either of us have seen the movie as well. So we have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) But yes. Lots of characters introduced so, in three so and four. Many, so many characters. I am. Uh, I'm not going to even attempt to recap what happened in the previous two volumes. Just to, suffice to say, it ends with a satellite with a space laser mm-hmm. beaming down on the Earth, and there's still four volumes left. Yeah. Like usually, that's your last thing. That's your thing that you do at the very end, and that is the end of sort of like Act One yep. of Akira, basically. Um. And so what do you do to follow that up? Volume two of Akira um, is wacky. It's, it's like, it's, um, it's a bunch of crazy set pieces. Volume three, you mean? Volume three, excuse me. Right, right. Yeah, volume three is ridiculous. It's, 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 it's like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. It's, it is strange. <laughs> it's, it's like it, to end volume two the way we did. Yeah. And then... Volume three, I mean, Tom and Jerry cartoon, that's actually a pretty good way to to put it because it, the way I explained it today, I was talking to Jason Howard, who's read them all. And the way that I explained it was volume three is like 12 chases. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, and it's almost as if he needed a chase scene and wrote a bunch out as possibilities and thought, let's just do them all. Yeah. It's like, like they all kind of 
at, they all kind of felt like any one of them could have been the chase scene. Um, but they just, yeah, they were just, I mean, it, it is one, it's 300 pages of chases. They're it's, on a boat. Uh, there's a, there's a tank chase. A tank, a tank I love the tank stuff because it just goes on and on. Like it's what? just, it's forever. And it's crazy. And it's going through houses and there's like little kids in the house and like, oh, cool. A tank just ran through our house. And right. um, at this point, Akira has yet to speak. Um, we're sort of babysitting Akira who emerged from his crazy bubble uh, in the previous volume. And everybody wants to get their hands on him. Uh, volume two, volume three is also crazy because the colonel is uh, sort of losing his uh, any power, any standing that he has within his big giant war council. Right. And I, and I like that he's questioning the use of military force. And everybody's like, but that's what you do all the time. <laughs> like, right. that's all you ever do is bring in the army. And uh, obviously there's going to be some fallout after you've used a space laser and it kind of just makes a crater and doesn't kill anything that you were aiming for. Right. Um, so, but what's good about that is that by the end of volume two, it doesn't even matter that he's lost all of his power because Neo Tokyo is gone. By the um, end of volume three. But God damn it. By the end of volume <laughs> three. I don't know why I keep calling volume two. By the end of volume three, it's all gone. Um, what What's also interesting about this tonally is that he does a kind of, a crazy gutsy thing, Atomo. I mean, um, he gets he he doesn't follow um, Tetsuo for all of Volume Three. You hear about him. You hear about right. some guy going into a hospital and stealing some meds and stuff because his arm got blown off in the previous volume. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all about Kanida. Volume Four, it flips. We don't see much of Kanida till the end, which is hilarious when he comes back. Right. Um, and then, but it's all about Tetsuo. And so you have these two characters who are at each other's throats for much of volumes one and two. And then now we get to zero in on not just them, but it's more, it's, we, we get to follow them specifically in each volume, but then also there's a lot of key. Um, and the, the great character of, uh, Chiyoko. Yeah. She's um, awesome. She's awesome. Um, I was like, that guy's great. Oh, wait a minute. That's a woman. Um, yeah. she's really great. And she's like the, the arms expert, um, for the gang. And she's, uh, um, she, she calls herself keys, um, aunt, um, or relative in some way, but that's basically just, I don't know, an explanation. Um, she's just someone who works with her and she's sort of like Chewbacca. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she's just like uh, she's like the big strong man that you like, like that you'd have in any sort of movie where you got. Yeah, it's just this big Hulk muscle there to just crush anything. And I thought it was just a joke when they sort of first really use her in, in volume three. But then by volume four, I was like, wow, what a great character. Yeah, I really uh, whenever we got her scenes, I was uh, I was like, she's great. Yeah, I loved I loved her. Um, I, I mean, there was, I felt like through these, both of these volumes that there were like introducing her and, in and key, I felt like the one thing that lacked a little bit for me was characterization mm -hmm. in, in, I felt like we had, we have so, especially in volume three, we have so much action. Yeah. Especially volume three. Yeah. It's so much, it's so much action and chasing 
that we kind of lose touch with any connection of character. There's no real, you know, the, the last kind of calm moment that you have between um, Kaneda and Key and, and, and her is the one moment, you know, where they're about ready to get killed or mm-hmm. like where they're on the boat and he's getting poisoned. Yeah. And so that's kind of the last moment that you, that I think, to my knowledge, that you really have a down moment of them kind of chilling and talking and seeing any kind of that old character. I mean, you know, we had Kaneda for two volumes that even in the middle of everything was still, you know, like half hitting on on Key and, and joking around and talking trash and like still being him. Yeah. And it was something that I felt lacked in in. He was, I mean, he was in volume three, so we got a little bit of it. I mean, volume four, I felt lacked a lot of character um, of, and, and kind of was traded in for more world building and, and, and kind of, you know, just setting the stage for things. But um, she was so interesting that, that I, mean, I don't know what I would have done with it, but I, I felt like, oh, man, what's the deal? Because they we, we also don't get a sense of I can't I don't get a, we don't get a sense of where all this came from. Right. Like. They, because we just jump in. Yeah, each each volume um, is sort of. I mean, like, you know, the end of of volume two, and I mean the real volume two this time. <laughs> the end of the real volume two, where I have the the space laser and everything, and we have them sort of like, uh, you know, going each going their own way. Right. Felt like the end of a chapter, and then you get sort of thrown into the deep end with with volume three. Um, volume four is a huge. I mean, it, I mean, the way volume three ends with the big explosion. And I like that sort of that's the new thing with these volumes that starting with volume two, the real volume two, uh-huh. um, they all end with a gigantic explosion. It was like, oh, no, not again. Like, how right. is Tokyo blowing up again? <laughs> right. But it happens in two, three and four so far. And um, but by the end of, of uh, volume three, um, you know that that's that that's the biggest explosion and that levels. I mean, there's pages and pages. It's this huge sequence of buildings toppling over and it looks exactly like that that blast that we saw in the beginning of volume one right um from that, that destroyed the original tokyo in world war three mm-hmm. so i was like that's gonna be a huge change to the you know to the status quo and it is and i kind of like that it you know it's days or weeks or months later and there's this whole cult build up around you know the great tokyo empire and everybody is worshiping you know, Akira and he's got this outdoor sort of throne and Tetsuo is, is his like prime minister's vizier and they heal people and they, right. they give out, you know, um, foodstuffs and, and, and medical equipment and everything. And, um, but I, I love that each volume kind of feels like a huge, um, like they're, they're not holding your hand that much. Yeah. I really like the big brushstrokes that I like the way that they'll jump to it. And, and I always am a big fan of any story that is, um, does a good job at showing time pass. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I, I would, that I will say that I felt in both of these volumes is I wish that there was at least one or two characters that, that I could always go to as my bridge as you know as the because in in volume three we have key in in canada going through most of it and the colonel we and and then we get the great scene near the end 
with was it Takeshi Takashi, the the one of the espers Takashi, yeah, yeah, being killed. With, yes, Takashi, you have that one moment, and, and I feel like when you finally get to that scene, I genuinely felt like, man, I could have used this scene like a hundred pages ago, like yeah, because it was so good, and I felt like God, it, like I don't know if I enough had me going until like then i get to this last scene i basically from like page 230 on to the end which is uh which again may be different for our volumes but you know the volume three is the shortest of all the volumes so it's like 282 so you know for those 50 those last 50 pages are just awesome you know like one of the characters that you've been following since since uh uh volume one and and so far i mean the espers kind of are your they're the core group that's they they've stayed together. Their their status quo within each other really hasn't changed. They're there's very they they seem to have this similar setup as we when we first met them. You know their circumstances have changed, but you know they everybody else has changed groups, changed allies, changed buddies. Like everybody you know changed status. Everybody's yeah, kind almost of the sh- purest characters. Right. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're entirely innocent. No, no, but. But they're the ones that I feel like they're the, they're a little bit of an anchor. So when they when they yeah. show up, there's almost a comfort for me because I, there's a there's a I recognize. Oh, okay. Here's something. Here's the base. Here's my core guys. There's my kids in. who look like old people. That's <laughs> right. what I need. Right. And I and then when you jump in at four, you kind of have that again where you're there's not. I'm I'm absolutely fine with like the story jumping so drastically to this new this new Tokyo where everybody's you know kind of worshiping um Akira I almost just cuz all of a sudden now Ryu Ryu's kind of our character yeah, but we didn't that's... really we didn't really have that much Ryu uh, uh, if we did at all an <laughs> issue and so it and, and this is coming from someone I actually read these two Back to back yesterday. Mm-hmm. So for me to read that many, I mean, that's like 700 pages of comic. They go by fast. They do definitely go by fast. I read fast. them in a day too. Yeah. So when you read them together back to back like that, it almost feels maybe that maybe it's a disservice to do it like that because you almost feel like, wow, I've been reading all this and he's just now showing up, but now he's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be my guy. You know, he's kind of the one I'm following or whatever. Um, which is, which again, it's not terrible, but it's just something that it distracted me a little bit because I, it seemed to, from volume to volume have to shift kind of like, okay, kind of follow this guy, but definitely once you get into four, there's even less of individual characteristics anymore with the characters. Now they're all kind of, uh, especially on the good guy side, you know, well, you know, if there are good guys, bad guys, but you know, on the Colonel side, or um, uh, wait, am I confusing volume three and four with where Ryu was? Ryu, Is, there's a lot of them in in volume four uh, where he meets up with the the army guy, uh, right, George Yamada, right. with the crew right. cut. Right. Yep. Yep. That's mostly yes. four. Yeah. Right. So I mean, there's not a lot of um, individual character character going on. Everybody's kind of on everybody's in plot mission mode, you know, um, where we're putting it. Yeah. Everybody is sort of 
we have to get in lockstep into we got to go save this esper or we have right. to or or oh no akira's being kidnapped and i like that i kind of like in volume three that akira just he gets kidnapped like two or three times and he's just being led along and he doesn't like say anything in protest he's right. like whatever he's just like catatonic the whole time and they don't know exactly what he is or like not even tetsuo like, right. knows what he is or what he's capable of they just know that he's important and I, and i kind of like that he's just like this kid just like whatever and it's just like the worst possible chosen one you know like he's not right. helping out his own cause um then again like who would he be you know safe with um everybody has you know different ideas of of you know where the chess pieces need to be and everything and um but i i agree with you volume volume three all of the you know all the running around and the stuff on the boat it's 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 exciting and it can be funny at times. Like I, I like the idea that they play with Kanida getting he's either he's either food poisoned intentionally or he says I might just be seasick. And there's a point where he actually throws up on a guy and that like takes the guy out. Right. Like he like projectile vomits and that's like that and 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 that's like almost like him punching him out. Right. Um, and I had to like read it over again. And I was like, is that, is that really what happened? He's like, Oh, I feel better now. And, and he keeps on going. Um, I think also when you, when you lose Kanida, um, Key and Chiyoko play it pretty close to the vest. Whereas in the first two volumes, Kanida is like questioning everything that's happening and he's a really good entry point character. Right. Except for those weird moments, you know, where he finds out that his girlfriend in volume one is pregnant, pregnant and he doesn't right. care. And, you know, right. like that there's moments where he's really callous. Um, but it's still showing us he's still an entry point into yes. the world even through that because he's still showing us who he is and the kind of character that we are. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're kind of him and he's telling us, hey, like it or not, this is who this is who we are. We don't give a shit about things like this, you know, yeah. Um and and. Yeah, you, you lack a little bit of that, you know, who's my avatar? You know, where's where's my where's my center? And it, I think that's the difference. I mean, I think if we jumped, if if the story jumped straight out of the gate as a world story where you're this is about you just looking at the different aspects of our world, mm-hmm. it I would I maybe it wouldn't feel, but it because I think that it shifts from the first two where you know, they kind of, you know, it's it's a group of friends and they get, you know, they get they get uh, broken up through these, you know, the gang fights and then, you know, the military and, and the Akira project and everything is still kind of in interweaving back to this motorcycle gang and the clowns and these two main characters. And and all of a sudden, then we have two volumes that almost have nothing at all to do with any of those things. You know where the the army is quickly kind of not a thing because we kind of we have the new uh, what's the guy that's Nezu 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 yeah yeah so we kind of have him come in and now he he's almost taking the old role of the colonel yeah in a way um, I mean the one thing that the the one thing that I do like the addition of is the lady Miyako she kind of comes in and really feels like. She is one of the the breath of fresh air as far as character goes, you know, where um, she has she I feel like she's thought out like she's well rounded and has attitude and has her own little way of speaking and her own voice and everything about that character. I really enjoy. But again, back 
she's an esper you know like yeah there's something about like it just, there's something about the espers that i feel like otomo was really connected with you know like those seem to be uh something that he really enjoyed writing and it's really interesting that those are kind of becoming our entry point characters in a way um or, or at least touchstones for us because they could very easily just be um MacGuffin kind of characters like objects in themselves because everyone's just after them all the time. Right. But I think you made a good point about Lady Miyako, like, and, and she uses other characters as pawns. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just sort of dismisses Nezu at one point, And then she, she sends uh, Sakaki out and, and Mozu, I believe those are the two girls that are like flipping around and say, Whoa, where do these characters come from? That's pretty, <laughs> was, that's pretty they were, crazy. They were awesome. And like you, you're, you're, that's another one of those things where you're looking at the sequences where they're like, they're running towards each other. And then she flips over them. And like, I can see, you know, the anime in my head, like I can see an anime, not, not, the anime that exists, but like I can see right. what this would look like in motion. Yeah. I mean, by this time, by the time we're reading three and four, I am having a hard time figuring out why they made the movie they made. <laughs> this point, it has no connection to the story anymore. It's, it's very odd. It is. Um, I think another thing that shifts, um, they do a lot of things out of nowhere and just kind of play it matter of fact, which is okay to a degree. But again, I feel like with this sheer amount of page count that we're dealing with, um, I feel like I should get, I I feel like I should be way deeper into this world. Like, when all of a sudden they have uh, the characters just popping pills and then, you know, you know, de- their bodies are deforming and, you know, like he's shooting powers and they're exploding heads. And, and we've got like this Oracle dude with like a blindfold on and the yeah. eye on his head. I was like, whoa, like that. this is a huge advancement. We know that there are like latent like empaths and psychic characters in this world. Right. But they, they really accelerated that for Vine 4. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I think his ideas are so fantastic, like the that stuff. And by the time you get to f- it, volume four, with I like that this world, like like the 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 this. He's like the the voice on the mountain that watches everybody. You know, the guy mm-hmm. who can't see who watches everybody and warns everybody. I love the idea of that, and I wonder what it would have been like. Um, you know, if this story was had less as much as I think they're brilliant, but took up less page count with movement and and action sequences and filled it with a little bit more of that part of the world, you know, like the you know, those characters and what what's that like? And, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't because I, I, I think of things like, uh, you know, why the last man or, you know, or a preacher or, you know, any of the kind of like longer seven volume runs that we've read over the years Mm -hmm. that page count wise still clock in under (laughs) the totality of Akira, I think. Yeah. And think about the amount of informational or information you got out of those worlds, you know, and the characters, you know, like now why the last man definitely goes is the other end of the spectrum as far as action goes, obviously. Uh, but I mean, by the time you're at the end of why the last man, like 
you York was his name, right? Yeah. You have like it's almost like you know York so well. He's like a part of your family, you know, like you know everything about that guy. You you feel like at least, you know, e- even if you don't, there's something about it that just feels like I'm connected to this guy and there's there's something about this world that I I'm I get so excited when I walk, when I when I go through these action sequences and all these things pop up, but I'm still left wondering a little bit more about the characters living within this world because it is such a crazy world, you know. Yeah. Um. That, especially this neo the the, the destroyed Tokyo, like it's such a cool post apocalyptic world that I want to know a little bit more. And I will say this is the first volume four is the first volume where I kind of wanted it to be in color because like there's a lot of people wearing bandages and, and stuff now. Yeah. And I'm, I was starting no, I'm with you on that. I was starting to lose who people were a little bit. Uh, and that hadn't happened before because a, again, everybody had their own voice and character and that's kind of went away and so now I'm left kind of like, wait, have I seen this guy yet? Like, do I know this guy? There's a lot of new characters. A lot of characters are dressed in, you know, baggy coats and bandages. And um, so I was like, oh, if this was just in color. You know, slight changes in skin tone and hair colors would would inform. No, me. yeah, there was definitely there were sequences where I was like, oh, Connie dies back. I was like, oh, that's key. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Okay, it's just that they, you know, the, the bandages and stuff, and and you're limited to black and white and you know a little bit of gray tone stuff, but. Right. Yeah, color would really help in in this whole thing. Um, I was thinking, you know, actually, when as I was reading these volumes, I was thinking about Pluto, which I know we both like, and mm-hmm. just you know, comparing it to another manga. Then um, there's a whole lot of character, you know, in Pluto. I think. Yeah, um, it's been it's been a few years, but um, it, you definitely don't get the crazy dynamic action sequences that you get in Akira. So there's, there's, there's definitely a trade-off, but um, as I was reading this, it was like, I know that, you know, I, I'm really enjoying Akira and it keeps surprising me with how big and sprawling the world is and what, what, you know, what he's capable of with these action sequences. For but sure. I was, but I was trying to say like, you know, when I first read Pluto, I read Pluto before I'd read Akira. And I was like, this is one of my favorite comics I've ever read, you know? Oh Yeah. And do I do I think this is better than Pluto? I think it's I think it's better than Pluto in some regards, but as an overall piece, at this point, I think Pluto is stronger just because it's a little bit it's more cohesive and there's a little bit more impact with everything. And one of the things that came up, especially reading Volume Four earlier, was there's so there's so many shootouts and massacres in this book at this point. Mm-hmm. That I feel almost jaded about it. Like there's this, they're swarming, you know, uh, Miyako's temple, and all the all the monks and all the the innocent people that uh, Tetsuo's aid mm-hmm. um, mows down um, didn't have the impact that I wanted it to. Right. Because it's just there's so there's so much senseless murder in these two volumes, and that's not me being a prude. That's just talking about quantity versus quality um, yeah i think i think that you know in volume two we start having that a little bit our first dawning of that is at the end of volume two when when they're below ground and there's you know everybody is killing everybody 
and but you're okay with it because it's gar it's military people and it's the good and it's the resistance you know so it's yeah. kind of like in our minds we've grown to always understand that resistance and the opposition you know the military those are the that's okay those two people can murder each other right like mm-hmm. we got that but yeah when you start getting into these zones especially from characters that we haven't been connected to you know the right out of the gate you know she shows up and she has the big kind of like handheld kind of gatling machine gun type situation and it's just oh, like Chiyoko, you mean yeah, Chiyoko, yeah, yeah, yeah you know just laying waste right away and 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 you know there's just a lot of disconnect between um you know some you know can i can i get behind things like that if i'm aware of if if i'm already connected to the character sure uh, if I'm not, then yeah, it starts to, like you said, it starts to feel a little numb. Like they're, the action sequences are so good, like, and it's so exciting and everything is so exciting. It just, it's almost like sometimes you just feel like you're not, I'm not anchored into anybody to, to necessarily care how it turns out just that I'm get to experience it, you know? Um, which like on one end I really love because I'm just like flying through this book like, yeah, whoa, this is crazy. But 700 pages of it in one sitting, you get a little desensitized. Maybe that's the point. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, that might be the goal. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, in volume four, would I have liked to maybe have like what, you know, you have Tetsuo – who's going through some things, right? And where he's kind of like, we get a brief moment where he's obviously kind of addicted to these pills. Mm-hmm. He's kind of shoving handfuls of them in his mouth. And we, you know, that's just a brief thing. We get these brief moments of, of this really powerful guy and in, in, in his humanity. And, and then it's kind of, then we don't revisit that again for, you know, 80, 90 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of will check in again, but by the time we check in again, he's, He's somewhere else or doing something, you know, because in this volume we have uh, the girl who's kind of helping him out. Cowrie. Who at first it's like she's his sex slave for yeah, a minute. Yeah, he's got this harem thing going on. <laughs> and and, it, and it, it's the way it's set up. This has happened before or this is right. a routine thing that his the, – the guy with the pompadour who I, I don't believe he has a proper character name. He's just right. called Tetsuo's aide or the captain. Right. Um, and he's like – uh, you know, he never thanks me for this. I should get one of the girls one of these times. I'd you know right. find them for him, and it that I mean that's that the intro that scene. I will say that you know definitely wasn't numb to that. That was very harrowing for sure. and affecting. Yeah. Where there there's these three girls who have you know have been their clothes are taken away. They're in his like room full of pillows basically, and and blankets hanging on the walls, right. and. They're just they're sitting there. They're covering themselves, and you can't really see their faces. They're ducking their heads and stuff. And like, God, what is he gonna do? And um, and you know, and then he makes them take these pills. And the one girl wants to save her dad, who's sickly, um, but she doesn't want to subject him, bring him out to one of these mass things where Akira or Tetsuo cures them. Mm-hmm. Um, she just wants to keep him away from that, so she hides the pills. And says, I'm going to give them to my dad. And so she is the one to survive this crazy, like this, this crazy orgy where basically um, Tetsuo links up mentally with Akira and sees inside this kid's head. 
And again, we haven't heard this kid speak before. We don't know what's going on up there. He just seems catatonic or he's playing around, splashing around in puddles. And he sees something and it really messes him up. And that trauma uh, causes the girls, the other two girls, to uh, like brain explode. Um, sure. And it's and it's and it's pretty harrowing. And and Kauri survives it. And Tetsuo says, "Well, I'm going to keep you around, and you're going to be Akira's babysitter, basically." Right. Um, that's a. I think that's an entry point character. That's a. That's a character that I I definitely felt for, and I was like, "Get away! <laughs> Get out right. of there!" The whole time. Yeah, I think. I mean, those are those are great moments. Those are great moments and great characters that I kind of want to lash onto, latch onto, and and explore, and and hopefully. You know, we'll get to see a little bit more through those eyes. I think, um, I think, I, I, one thing that I, I'll ask you and see what you think. Do you think that it's Akira? Is it Akira doing all this stuff or is it Tetsuo doing it and just having Akira sit there while he does it? That's a good question. Like, um, I couldn't tell. I could, it was hard for me to tell if this was like all Tetsuo's doing. Like, Tetsuo's kind of like craft, like, did he craft? craft this whole kind of worshiping f- situation and he just has like akira come out and sit in the chair and you know like he's like the the kind of false king you know like because it doesn't seem like akira really cares either way and yeah you have and that's makes it even creepier that we have no idea what's going on in this kid's head and i don't think we have enough information at this point to say whether it's but i but i think we do have enough information to ask the question that you're asking, which is, is it, is it Akira or is it Tetsuo? Yeah. But we have that, we have that, that scene with Tetsuo going to Lady Miyako and saying, listen, what, what is Akira? What, what's going on there? And right. what's that all about? And she's saying, you know, you know, you're taking those, those pills that, that excites the powers within you. Mm-hmm. And, but they also, um, how does she put it? They, they, they create like a, a, a short circuit in in the in the power too so it's the your your addiction is is suppressing your potential um and she's basically your the, the whole all the power on the earth on this whole planet is but like a you know a breath of of wind you know um compared to what you are capable of like you can take everybody out right now if you wanted to so uh, maybe he just isn't sure of what he's capable of. Maybe he thinks that Akira is curing these people, but it's really Tetsuo. I don't know. Yeah. There was, there was that moment when he cures the guy, Mm -hmm. the first guy, when we first realized that, Oh, these people are all worshiping Akira. There's just a look on Tetsuo's face that makes it look like he's almost like smirking. Like, yeah, fooled him again. You know, Mm -hmm. like, like, you know, because the guy all of a sudden can walk, you know, his, his legs healed or whatever. And it just, I don't know, the way that he drew it just made it seem like, you know, they're all like, oh, hell, Akira kind of stuff, you know. But it just him that he did it. And he's like, yeah, they don't even know, you know. But again, that could have just been me into a drawing. And is he drawing power from Akira? Like, is Akira lending him the ability to do that? Or is it yeah. all Tetsuo? So you yeah, don't know see, where that's one like, stops and the other one ends. Right. And and, and and very possibly they'll they'll jump into that stuff, uh, you know, in the last two volumes. That's where some of that time is like I could use, you know, 30 pages here, 20 pages there of 
uh, again, it doesn't have to be on the nose. It doesn't have to be George Lucas or anything. It can, you know, we can have a little <laughs> subtext with it, but like, it's almost like I want to spend a little bit more time with Tetsuo in, in this new way, similar to like, basically what I'm saying is I want more of the moments where we saw him transition in, in volume two, when he took over the clowns, yeah. you know, like, they didn't give us a ton. It wasn't like him walking around saying, you know, vocalizing his plan or anything like that. But we got moments with him and we saw him we saw him changing things and 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 what his motivations were. And and we got him, even though it happened quickly and, and he took over that stuff and there were some big jumps. I still felt like we got personal time with him um to to get a little bit out and for us to go through these two volumes, well, I, I guess I could only say one volume because he's not really in volume three at all. Right. Um, but to not get any kind of like real moments where he's – where we're understanding his motivation for any of it, you know, like I don't feel like I understand – not that I don't understand. I don't feel like it's given to me unless I just miss something that – like what is he doing? <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. like – it feels like there's a lot of stuff going on and all this, especially in a, in, in, in a time jump that we got, you know, where we went from, you know, Tokyo explodes to there's this new place where they're worshiping and gathering outside their little Island. And, and um, so enough time has gone by for him to at least have, uh, you know, some sort of, thing like we said we, we see that he he does this kind of orgy situation often and and so it's almost like i just want to know a little bit more about like what's what's he doing like what's he want what's he want to do yeah there's a lot of things that are just really internalized like the characters just aren't like the, the the exposition that we get the information that we get is about as you said i i, re, I really agree with what you said in the beginning it's about building up this world yeah and setting up the new status quo but that doesn't extend to the characters and where they are um they're they're operators they're moving in and around the world and they're definitely doing things they definitely have goals but it's not necessarily interpersonal relationships and and things like that i I mean the one thing we sort of get teased is like key is into ryu who's who's been drinking a lot Mm -hmm. and chiyoko is 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 being overprotective maybe of key and um, if there was any time to be overprotective, it's now, I guess. But right. um, protecting her from him, and you know, they're they're kissing at one point, and but that kind of goes away for a bit. The characters go off on their own. Those three characters are literally split up for the rest of Volume Four, and um, you know, Ryu's got his thing going on with the with the army guy Yamada, and I don't know if we'll get back to that, except. You know, if one of them dies or something and they get to yell out each other's name, you know, right. Uh, I want more of those slower scenes where we can actually, you know, get some emoting or something. out. Yeah, well, here, I guess there's there's. I guess there's two ways that I, I could look at it, and, and it's maybe like a Tomo. Like, for example, I have a care. I have. Uh, when's this podcast come out? Thursday. Thursday. I have Rocket Raccoon in my first issue do something. Um, and I have him do it, and I know why he does it. And it's in the script, um, you know, that he does it. But nobody says it, and he doesn't really vocalize. 
-hmm. anything. It just kind of has a thing. And, and so as I'm drawing it, I went back and like, I'm going to have to add, like go back and tweak something in my script. Cause I was like, I know why he does this. Like in my, it's in my head why he does this, but I don't think that I properly put it on paper why he does this, you know? Um, And I feel like to a degree that may be what we have here with a little bit of Tetsuo in this volume four, which is Otomo has this whole world in his head. Um, We don't have it in our head, but he has, he, he, he knows Tetsuo, you know, like Tetsuo is, is one of his, his kids, you know, or in his head. And, and he probably knows all the facets of this character. And sometimes that, I, I think our minds can confuse that on, did we let it out or not? It's either that or he's, he's attempting and, and maybe uh, uh, successfully. So, and it's my expectations that are, are at fault that maybe he's attempting to show things at a little bit more of a, or a little bit less of storytelling structure kind of way and more of a, this is how things maybe would go down kind of way, which is in real life, you, a character would, you know, would find out that his girlfriend's pregnant while he's asking her to do something and then go get tangled up in some big military plot and never go back to check because the world's going crazy. And in real life, we don't abide by, you know, plot point two swings me back towards her, you know? I also say for storytellers and and this this is something that I've run into is you hear all the time that like oh that exposition is so clunky so you so you avoid exposition right and and then your stuff becomes incomprehensible right and in just in the fear of of talking too much about what's going on, nobody actually knows what's going on because it's not there on the page. Right. So, and I, yeah, and I don't think that he avoids. I don't think that he's avoiding comp, uh, exposition here. It there there are a lot of scenes which are very like there, there's one it's there's, straight up exposition. There's one scene in in volume three specifically that I, I jotted down where they're talking about the spheres, the weird spider slayer things that are going around when the city, yeah. when the city's under martial law yeah, and like the taskmasters or gatekeepers. Or yeah. Whatever. And there's like two guys talking about, I heard that, 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 you know, they can survive in a nuclear fallout. And when we're underground and, you know, our safe zone, they're going to be up here protecting us. And like, why are you having that conversation? That's, <laughs> all, that's a whole mammoth thing where it's like, you don't want to do the, as you know, conversation. Cause nobody right. has, as you know, we're brother-in-laws, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, but but and but I mean, he'll do that for world building and have convers- and have characters that we've never seen before and we'll never see again saying, oh, yeah, he can cure your leg. That's Akira. He's our savior and everything. And like mm-hmm. he he uses sort of the 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 privates and the the sort of the, the, the tertiary characters to get that information out, whereas the main characters there's not a whole a lot of explaining going on. It's just sort of, these are our marching orders. This is what we're going to do for the next, you know, chase sequence. And we're, be, we're being a little harsh here, but um, I think that's the realities of, of these two volumes. Yeah. I mean, in, 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 these are criticisms in a way of me looking at a piece of work that I still find to be absolutely mind boggling mm-hmm. in, in, in it's, 
that it exists. I mean, it's still really, really cool. And but I also have to remember that, you know, volume, you know, the time between volume one and volume four, it was not like it was a year, you know. This is years of his life that he's working on this stuff that, you know, who knows where his, you know, this isn't monthly comics. You know, he, I don't, I don't believe that he was like pumping this stuff out, you know, every four weeks. You know, <laughs> um, it doesn't look that way at least. Right. So, I mean, we're still talking about stuff that was, you know, he was telling stories. He was telling this big story over the course of time that I'm sure was shifting and, and wherever his head was at during and things like that. Um, And I think that we feel that in good ways. And I think that we feel that in some bad ways. Um, I think in not bad ways, but I mean, we feel that in some, some like, like we said, like a little bit of, of, of areas where we feel a little bit lacking, but Uh I think on a storytelling front, um, I think that overall my takeaway from four, four volumes of six. So, I mean, we can, I mean, I can safely, I can safely say, you know, we're, we're, we're well over the halfway point now that for a book called Akira, and now we've had two volumes where Akira is out. I still am very much wishing that I there was something about this character that was on the page, like that I like even in a in a volume where everybody's worshiping Akira, you know, we still don't have anything really about this character like this character's not doing anything we should we be afraid should we you know we've get a couple of the mind you know like you said like the kind of the mind connectors but that still has more to do with tetsuo and i don't know there there's something about there's something like even the looking at the cover to volume four you know the cover to volume four you've got the little kid in his like the you know full king this cape, you know, and his scepter scepter and the broken throne. I mean, that is a cover. Like I want, like, why is this, why is this little kid with this much power pretending to be King on this Island in the middle of a destroyed city? Uh, And why is everybody afraid of him? Why is everybody worshiping him? Like, I wanted a little I wanted some more glimpses of that because right now it's like I feel like I'm getting more of everybody else's panicky panicky chases um than I'm getting anything about Akira or 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 living on that side. It's just like, you know, I'm on Ryu's and the the what what's his face? The guy did we say the guy with the haircut? Uh Yamada. Okay. Yamada. George. Yeah. I think yeah. his name is George. So, you know, it's like we jump in with them and they're kind of running and everybody's running and the colonel's running and everybody's it's like we're always with somebody running and i just want to be like i want to know more about this like the, the i want to know more and and again we got two more volumes so maybe the next two volumes are just going to you know blow us out of the water and that then i'll eat my words but you know i can only go by i i guess i feel like mentally you know we're not talking about 30 40 60 pages here right yeah. like Talk about two volumes, seven yeah. of, of of comic. And I feel like that's plenty of room to make me feel like connected to this major 
you know, the namesake of the book. You know? the, the tension is, it's sort of a fun high to chase though. I, I like, I kind of like the mystery and there's something too, especially in volume four to the whole, um, and it, and it starts, well, I mean, it's, it starts as early as volume two when they're going after Akira, this whole thing of the emperor having no clothes. Like it's, he's just a kid so far. He's just a kid. We have, hints of well okay he blew up tokyo at the end of volume three so maybe that doesn't count but um we have you know he he we don't know what's going on internally and all of these you know this a whole empire a whole religion almost like builds up around that so there's definitely i think some commentary going on there um on the kind of things we rally around as human beings and where we find you know, hope or inspiration or anything. Um, and what'll cause us to have uh, a sea change in just the way we go about our lives, like what people are willing to kill for, um, just this display of power. And I mean, they're worshiping a character that they, I mean, they don't, I guess, have the whole story that at the end of volume three blew up the blown up version of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he had a he had a hissy fit because he almost got shot and created this huge explosion and killed all of their friends and family and now they're worshiping him. So there's a, there's a fun irony there at least. And but did he, he didn't have a hissy fit because he almost got shot. Did he? he well, flipped, Nezu, did he, Nezu he out. Was, was trying to shoot him and. And um, I think it was, I don't know if he was aware of no, that. No, 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 He flipped out because he flipped, he lost it because Takashi came up and told him like he, that was the first moment. And that's why I love that scene so much is because Takashi came up and connected with him. And so it was like, it's you, it's you, it's really you. You haven't changed a bit. And he's holding him, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's kind of embracing him and, and you could see like, he's almost, there's a, like it's okay, we're still here. You're kind of home with us. And then bang, Takeshi gets shot in the head. Um, and when when Takeshi goes down, uh, he he basically watches like over the course of like two or three pages. Yeah, it's like basically three and a half pages it takes for Takeshi's body to hit the ground. Right. And so you see it kind of like going in and out, and the other two espers kind of losing their shit. And then you see Akira look down at the ground and when he finally like it clicks like Takeshi's dead in front of him that's when he grits his teeth and then grabs his head so it wasn't it wasn't that somebody's trying to kill me no I didn't think that I thought it was more the the um psychic fallout from that everybody being upset oh okay but well you're saying something different it's that he had a connection and then he lost a connection I feel like that up until now, I mean, he's just been being carried. He's just been like with these people that are mm-hmm. nothing to him. Yeah. Like they're nothing. I mean, this guy's lived, this kid has lived underground for how long? Right. Like he's lived in some kind of crazy jail cell deep within the earth for however long. And now he's, now that he's out, he's just being carted around by eon, peons to him, you know, right. like, so it's almost like, you know, entertaining them mm-hmm. you know because he doesn't seem that stressed he never seems in fear of anything he just is like oh i'm just um you know i'm just 
uh, roaming around uh, with these people. And it's not until he connects with Takeshi Takashi that he actually shows any emotion mm-hmm. by, um, you know, watching obviously just those few words, you know, Takashi being like, Oh, it's you. It's really you. You haven't changed a bit. Just those little words shows like these people, these two have a history, um, you know, and he's introducing them to the other two espers and whether or not they have a history, there just seems to be like, Oh, there's my people. These might be my people. I might have a place or, you know, something there. I don't know right. what the connection is. It just feels like there's a connection. And even when they're not, I mean, you, I don't think that I know if I feel like there's a connection until you see him going down and the blood splatters on his thing and he's watching and he's looking. And, you know, the thing is, is the other two are screaming and he's not screaming yet. Like he doesn't scream along with them. So I don't feel like it's a psychic connection in that way where Takashi's down and now they're all, because I feel like if it was, they were all psychically linked. It would be simultaneous. It would be simultaneous. Like instantly that clicks in all of them. Like one of them is down. But if you look like the two of them are losing it instantly because Mm -hmm. obviously they're like, they're probably connected, but they're also like emotionally distraught. Like this is a, one of our people. And then he's kind of like, what? And then he kind of grits his teeth and he, he lets it go later. And the way he kind of like drops to his knees and kind of feels, it feels a little bit more emotional in a way, in some kind of way, I don't know what it is, but it's obviously like a controlled, like I'm getting ready to, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to fuck these people up, you know? Um, so I don't, again, I don't know what the, now that part of like, that thing is what I'm kind of talking about. Like the, the emotions and the questions that he raises through, through subtlety there, I love. And I kind of wish that I got that more often. Yes. With with all the other characters. And that's all I'm talking about, I think, is is that those things are lacking where I also love the mystery. I don't want I don't need a cure kind of like um, laid out for me, but I want to actually feel like it's a mystery. And I feel like by the time I get to end of volume four, the mystery itself has actually started to dull. And I'm 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 actually I'm asking fewer questions because I'm taking me a really long time to get any answers. Mm, mm-hmm. And so mysteries are great. If I feel like a mystery is ever going to start to reveal itself, even a little bit, um, you know, like, it's, like it's, every, everybody loves true detective right now. Right. And, and because there's a mystery going on, but I think it's pretty safe to say that we all probably won't care if we get to the end of episode eight and they don't tell us who did it. Um, because the mystery was just part of it. They also did a lot of great character stuff and gave us enough of answers of the mystery. Yes. Disappointed if I never find out who killed these women. Um, because I had a great time, you know, slowly getting parts of the mystery pulled back, maybe, but learning a lot about the characters. And that's some of the stuff here is this word Akira has showed up since volume one. And so at this point, through four volumes, roughly, we're talking about, you know, 1,200 pages of comic, (laughs) you know, uh, 1,200 pages. It's a lot of comic. It's so much comic. (laughs) um, So when you talk about 1,200 pages and and 
at that point, the mystery itself is dulling a little bit for me. If, if, if I'm not, you know, involved a little bit in like what this kid is or, you know, what his intentions are or anything about him. I mean, they're showing me moments of him on his own, you know, obviously making kind of the DNA strand type of little swirls and, mm-hmm. and playing with the rocks and that stuff's cool. But sadly enough, by the time they're showing me that I've stopped asking myself who he is, you know, and Even I don't when Tetsuo asks the questions of, of uh, Lady Miyako, I don't know why he's asking questions. It just seems like he's asking questions to ask questions. Right. I don't, there's, I don't know that there's a, a whole lot of, of, of weight behind those questions. I don't, I don't necessarily know what, Tetsuo wants at that point. I mean, his his big arc for for this last volume is, you know, trying to quit those pills because he he sees it as a weakness. He can be stronger if he doesn't use the pills. And and so like this this very minor character thing of I want to be the best I can possibly be, um, which is you know all well and good, but I I don't necessarily know why he I don't know why he cares about what Akira is, um, except out of slight curiosity. Yeah, that, and I think, that, yeah, that's a great point. Um, again, the first two volumes, when he first started to become the Tetsuo that we know now, it was still connected to who he was before. So his motivation, it was about leading a gang and ruling and everything. And he's kind of doing that now, except all that ex- all the character that went along with it previously is now gone. Yeah. Um, and it's just him and it's just in a room. And now I'm like, well, I don't know what the purpose is now before it seemed like he was trying to one up. It almost was like, well, here's a nice little story about two friends that grew up. And in some ways that story ended with volume two when it came to a head Yeah, and they fought in the warehouse and they came out and then, you know, Oh no, the warehouse was that the was first the end volume. Of volume one. Yeah, the end of volume one. They come out, you know, and then then they still are kind of a little bit in a battle with each other through two, um, and I think that we got that. But then it seems like once we go past that, it's like oh, two volumes of this were about the weird dynamics of two friends and the different paths they go down, getting entangled in this big military uh, cover up and the kind of military project. And then, you know, we go into volume three or four and that project kind of is gone now. There is no military. There's no project. Yeah, they're sort of they're taking away the different stakes. And I mean, we talked about that last time that, you know, I was I was shocked with knowing that there were six volumes that by the end of volume one, that's where they're getting to this heated point in their relationship where they, they just flip a switch instead of being friends. Now they're like these lifelong rivals. And that's cool to reveal that over time. Mm-hmm. And they lay a little bit of pipe for that in these volumes. But it, they've already blown past the point where they're like at each other's throats and want to kill each other. I thought that happened so quickly in volume one. And it almost feels like they blew their wad a little bit or Atomo blew his wad a little bit. That, that you know, if that if that continued through these four volumes and there we would at least be able to latch on to that. Yeah, you'd have the weight. You'd have the weight of those two buddies. And, and I mean, have you read uh, 20th Century Boys? A little bit of it, yeah. It is called 20th Century Boys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that that does a similar thing that I think is kind of cool where it's it's time, you know, it's, it's, it's doing the back and forth, the past story and the current yes. story where 
that's kind of what you know your salad your salad does in pluto and in 20th century boys a little bit of what i'm talking about what i think i want out of some of akira in that history and weight and some substance in the characters because i think in 20th century boys you're seeing the modern day guys that are all scattered around and don't really know each other anymore and you know this new threat coming out and it's inner it's mixed with the past um the past version of himself as kids and you're getting genuine character moments that aren't just there to point me forward and not just there like we're showing you know you're showing these kids in their field making their pact and 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 so all of a sudden within just a few pages i have 20 years of history uh just from a few kids running from a bully out in a field you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and 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 they could have played a little bit with with you know again i think that we're 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 finding things to discuss which i think is another great thing another fantastic thing about akira um, not only its storytelling, but its length is it's giving us this much stuff to actually discuss yeah. um, the ins and outs and the what ifs. And and I'm fully prepared for us to probably um, have a lot of these these questions answered. And and again, probably eat a few of our words yeah, in the following too. because you know volume four does end with uh, Canada like at the being like, oh, is it over? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> you know, like so yeah. I mean, we're probably going to get back into that, and I'm and I'm going to be like, oh, well, here's all the stuff I was talking about. But yeah. you know, it's hard, it's hard to decide how the pacing goes. And I guess that's kind of an exciting thing too. Is like, what is the pacing to a six volume? Uh, you know, where we where are we talking about at the end of that? So we're you know we're still somewhere in the in the realm of, is it two thousand pages at that point? Like. Over, over there. yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what the total page count of all volumes are, but let's two thousand or over. So definitely, like, it's hard to it's hard to get like where I am in the timeline of the story because and part of me, while I'm you know it does sound like I've probably uh, nitpicked this more than I've enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. Um, part of me actually is really excited that I feel this like out of sorts because I can't, I don't know where I'm at and I don't know what's going to happen because it's not kind of the method that we've, we've grown to tell stories in, in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years of comic booking, you know, where, where it's, it's getting harder and harder to, to read through a five or six issue arc and not be able to be like, Oh, we're on page 17. I know what happens on page 18, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, we're in a world where where we we have, I mean, I think that we've we've seen that in in a lot of movies that we go see now. You know, now that every every single screenwriter in the world has read the same three books, and and uh, and we all feel it every time we go to the theater and see the movie. You know, we're we're counting the minutes, and we all can pretty much nail down. At what minute? What will happen? Yeah. You know, it's about forty-five minutes now. All right, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, two thousand one hundred forty-six pages. Wow, according to to one count. Um, and so so next time we're going to talk about the end of Akira five and six, and I think we'll also talk about the movie at that point. And I'm pretty excited to talk about how this this all wraps up, and then also like this isn't all in the movie. Um, 
And how do you decide what to include and what not to include? And, and I guess we can, we can also ask ourselves sort of, is a feature film the right way to go with, with this? Obviously um, the success of the movie over time and just how many people love that movie is, 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 is one answer to that. But um, are there other answers to that? So check out the movie, check out volumes five and six. Yep. And we'll be back in a month to talk about that. So uh, Scotty, thanks for, Thanks for joining me again. This was a whole lot of fun. Thanks, dude. All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can send those along to contact at ifanboy.com. Remember to check out our regular Pick of the Week podcast each and every week. And that's over at ifanboy.com. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.